What's up, guys? Welcome to That's Kind of Mid. I'm Sam. This is Bry. Hey, guys. And this is a new podcast we're starting. And Brighton, what's this podcast going to be about? Uh, we're just going to review games, movies, uh, TV shows, talk about them, and also cover like weekly news in nerd culture, I guess. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so if you guys are into that kind of stuff, you're definitely in the right place. We're going to try to pump out one episode a week, talking about one or two uh, things, whether it be like Brighton said, movies, TV shows, video games, and just, yeah, that's that's our goal. But before we get into our episode today, which is going to be Ant-Man, Quanta, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Hogwarts Legacy, we thought we would cover a little bit of news that's happened here recently. Uh, Brighton, what's the news we got? Uh, we got Cursed Child movie maybe happening. We got a Shazam opening. We got Flash maybe preparing uh, two months early. And then they finally showed some like Suicide Squad gameplay. And then later, once we talk about Ant-Man, uh, the writer came out and talked about a bunch of alternate scenes that they um, didn't go with, but it could have drastically changed the movie. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Nice. I hate to just be the like negative guy, but a lot of the news just kind of screams negativeness to me. Yeah, well... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Harry Potter and the Cursed Child shouldn't, but it does just because of how bad um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is. Like, if you guys haven't uh, ever, like, it's a play, but, like... If you want to, just go look up, like, a YouTube video. And, like, I'm not a big fan, regardless of the franchise, about time-traveling stories. And I'm also not a big fan about time-traveling stories where they've already done time travel. And then they wrote in a reason to get rid of time travel, but then still do it later. Okay. Here's what's sad about me with the Cursed Child. Because Cursed Child came out, like, a year or two after I finished reading the books. And, like, obviously, after reading the books, I was like, dude, a sequel would be so awesome. And uh, I heard other people reading it, and they were like, this is absolute dog shit. It (laughs) It just goes back on everything that was in the books, pretty much. So apparently, Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, and uh, Rupert Grant, they're all back, apparently. Um, I don't... That's a plus. That is... I'm only okay with this if they basically just keep the name. (laughs) Yeah, because, like... I'm down for, like, a sequel Harry Potter, like, movie, TV show, whatever, just to kind of see where everybody's at and what they're doing, but let's just not do Cursed Child. (laughs) Let's not do that story. Like, there is no other form of medium that is canon, but because of the fan base hating it so much, the fans don't regard it as canon at all. Like, I can't think of one that's at least as popular, I guess, as Cursed Child. It's just so, like, I'm just not a fan of the overall plot of it, and if they made it a movie, it just, I don't see how you can make it better by making it a movie. You would just have to completely change the story. Yeah, if you guys don't know, definitely don't read the book and don't watch the play. I would watch, like, a 10-minute YouTube summary, and I think you'll get the gist of what the, how bad the play is with before even getting through all 10 minutes and uh we also got the shazam opening that barely is like exists so this was from a comicbook.com 
uh, Shazam right now is on track to be one of the absolute worst openings for a DC movie like ever. Um, it's only gonna earn like forty million on track right now in its opening weekend. Um, like twenty nineteen, the first one did fifty three, but for like a new character, it's okay. But this is a sequel, and that movie actually ended up doing pretty well, well enough to get a sequel. You know, so. Mm-hmm. I just I think the main like, problem is I I haven't seen any trailers anywhere for it. I like I always forget it's coming out in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, same. Like I remember it was a few weeks ago. I don't know what maybe I randomly saw it as like, like a YouTube suggested somewhere, but I was like, "Holy shit. Shazam 2's coming out?" Like I'll be the first one to say I fucking loved Shazam 1. I thought it was Shazam just really Shazam fun. Shazam 1 was amazing. Yeah, it's just a and, really and fun movie. I, and don't get me wrong, if they would have marketed this a lot better, I would be just as hyped for the second one. Because, like, I mean, I've seen the Shazam trailer at least, like, maybe once or twice. And I, there's nothing bad in there. You know, there's nothing that's just like, ugh, this is going to be shit. It's just that, like, nobody's talking about it. And that's because, like, there's no trailers, there's no commercials. It's just, like... Shazam's just going to randomly pop out of nowhere in theaters. Yeah, like me and my dad, we got tickets, but only because our Fandango app told us that tickets were on sale. Like, I have not seen any, like, usually, like, on Instagram, like, I'll be scrolling and there will be, like, a little trailer Mm -hmm. for the movie and it's like, get your tickets now. That is, like, not here for Shazam. I don't know if, like, James Gunn is just, he, because he's really talked about how he really loves The Flash, but he has not said anything about Shazam and Aquaman. And I'm wondering if he just thinks that this movie isn't worth the marketing. Yeah, it does feel like they're trying to just really full send on Flash. And everything else is just stumbling to the finish line to kind of close off this DC universe. Flash, you have two problems. It's going to reset the universe, which is confirmed. But it's also got Ezra Miller. And they, after last year, they really got to sell the movie because a lot of people wouldn't probably wouldn't go see it just because they don't like Ezra Miller. So he's really got to probably yeah. uh, push that this movie's fun. And it looks a lot of fun. But yeah, right now, uh, Shazam, it's only expected to be like Birds of Prey right now for its opening weekend, which is insane that like a sequel will do worse than a Birds of Prey movie, which came out in I 2020. Never... <laughs> yeah. I have never seen Birds of Prey, but, like, that movie also flew under the radar. Now, that might also be because of COVID. <laughs> I think it was, like, literally right before COVID, and also it's just not, like, a big group. I mean, like, it's just, like, it's basically a Harley Quinn movie. It Ewan McGregor plays uh, Black Mask, which is pretty cool. I've never seen it. I'm not going to, like... <laughs> I've heard I've heard that Ewan McGregor is awesome in the movie, but... Dad liked it. That's all... That's all he told me. I have, I want to see it. I just haven't had, I just never sat down and watched it actually. I I mean, I have nothing against Birds of Prey, but I have more things like bigger movies on my uh, watch list than, uh, than Birds of Prey. I should probably watch it though. Like I've heard it's good, but it's, yeah, like I said, like I would rather watch many other things than a Birds of Prey movie personally. And then we have, also, Suicide Squad gameplay uh, got dropped. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Uh, no, it was Thursday. We're recording this on a Saturday. Oh, 
Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you guys watched it, but for me, it looked a little more soulless than even the Avengers game. The good thing with the Avengers game is at least every hero played differently, and I always have fun playing it. I just don't ever have a reason to play it. This one just looks like a generic third-person shooter. <laughs> yeah. I uh I really liked one of the comments on the uh gameplay trailer which was just like yo Suicide Squad this is going to have so many unique characters and so many different play styles yo um Harley Quinn has a gun King Shark has a gun Boomerang has a gun and then Deadshot the only one who really should be like maining a gun also has a gun so it's like everybody's just the same and they look like they have like different supers maybe if that's what they are i don't know and then like the only melee combat looks like just finishers i just like it would have been so cool for like you're playing as captain boomerang and he has all his trick boomerangs and that's what you can use but we get a mini uzi (laughs) it's just whenever i play like these superhero games i don't want a like third person shooter i want the superhero to feel like, I'm playing as them, not just, like, anybody else, but it looks like whether you play as King Shark or Deadshot, it's just going to feel the same. Yeah, and plus, like, I mean, I had a lot more hopes, because, I mean, I think the last game they made was Arkham Knight. It and was I Arkham, love Knight. Arkham Knight. The last thing they made was the Arkham Trilogy, which is one of the best, like, superhero games in existence, but, like, this... And it also sucks for this is like this is the last time we will see like the Arkham Batman because Kevin Conroy is in it as that Batman because it's the same yeah. universe. I don't want to judge it too early. Like there's a chance that I'm completely wrong, but I don't see myself buying this day one. I will probably wait to see if like other people think it's good. It's probably either it, a but... review thing or a wait for sale. And I st- I would have gotten Gotham Knights on sale but 30 fps on playstation 5s and xbox series x's is kind of a like it's kind of a no deal for me like i i mean i don't know what goes into game making that much but like it doesn't look that graphically impressive so and there's other games that hit like like hogwarts legacy it can hit 120 on uncapped so I just don't really see a reason that the game, unless they just cut in, but like, I don't know. That's always a deal breaker for me. Yeah. Plus, I don't think Suicide Squad. Maybe it's just what I was looking at on my phone. Maybe my phone just wasn't putting out the best quality, but it didn't look graphically that much better than like Arkham Knight either. Which, don't get me wrong, for its time, Arkham Knight looked amazing. But Arkham like, Knight still looks amazing. This is 2023. <laughs> yeah, like... Which, I probably need to watch it on, like, my computer or something, but I did watch it on my phone, and I also thought that it just didn't really look... The gameplay didn't look impressive. The graphics didn't look impressive. Nothing, really. Just... I was really... I mean, for the first gameplay, it doesn't seem to have sold a lot of people. And mm. that really sucks. It does just look like another like avengers like um co-op thing but in avengers at least they had unique abilities and each character felt different Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right do you want to do you want to hop hop straight in bless you uh sure so i think first we'll we'll talk about ant-man i think it's the more yeah for sure popular 
thing out mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, uh, a big thing I kind of wanted to talk about was like what we thought about before we saw the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what our thoughts of the movie was going to be. I like saw complaints. Okay. I saw complaints and usually with a Marvel movie, I'm like, I usually just ignore them. But like, I had seen some like things that people said from like trailers, like the CGI did kind of look spotty, which later they addressed that they basically gave all, um, the visual effects wasn't done, but they transferred a lot of the team over to Wakanda forever, which you can kind of tell because Wakanda forever had, I don't, I can't think of a, of a bad CGI moment in that movie, but I think they were really pushing that movie since it was their end of the year November movie and also the phase four closer. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Ant-Man is I always go into these movies. I don't like to read reviews or do anything because as of late, there's a lot of negativity for Marvel stuff. True. But coming out of the movie, I I did enjoy it. But any complaint I've seen compared to like other movies where I'm like, ah, they're just nitpicking. I can see a lot of people's complaints on this one. I don't personally have them, but I can definitely see where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. See, like before I saw the movie, I know you saw it before me, so you kind of told me a little bit that was going on, but I tried to like block all those thoughts out and just kind of experience the movie for myself. But like going in, I was like, yo, this is Kang. I mean, if he's going to be anything like he is in Loki, this dude's going to be awesome. So I was really excited for that. And then also, I mean, I was a fan of the last two Ant-Man movies, specifically the first one. I still think the first one is amazing and super underrated. First one, nobody ever talks about it, but it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And plus that uh, picture that got leaked, or the trailer, I guess, really, that got leaked of Ant-Man. Like, gosh, what was it? Like the Disney Expo or something? It was, like, a few years before, whenever they had the original director, like, Edgar Wright. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his movies, but I still wish to this day that we would have gotten Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. He made, like, Baby Driver, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Like, his movies are always so stylized and fun, and they just had some disagreements. But that original test footage, and he also was really adamant that they cast Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, so I'm glad that that stuck through his firing. Because uh, one of the pictures that I saw from the trailer that got leaked was, like, the bloody-faced Ant-Man. And I was just like, dude, this is movie is going to be sick. If we have this, like, fun-loving, you know, Paul Rudd in Ant-Man who, you know, like, don't get me wrong, he has serious moments in his movies. But, like, for the most part, it's light tone to look like that, dude. I was like, this could be a super awesome movie. Plus, uh, I had hoped for Cassie, you know, with her kind of being a fully fleshed out character now, or at least attempting to be. I thought that she had the potential to be cool because she kind of gave me, I don't know, I got Kate Bishop vibes from her. And I really like Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye show. So that was what kind of my thoughts going in. And I don't want to say I was disappointed, but the movie was kind of underwhelming for my expectations. You know what I'm saying? Whenever this movie is called Ant-Man and the Wasp, they don't mean the Wasp as in hope. This is really a Scott and Janet movie. It's still Ant-Man and the Wasp, but it's not the Wasp that the MCU has gotten. Because Hope, while she's in it quite a bit, she does not have a lot of agency in the story. Mm -hmm. And she's also just kind of there sometimes, you know? 
Same with Hank. Yeah. Yeah, and Hank almost, like, was comic relief in this movie, in a way. It's kind of what it felt like. Like, I get he's like, out of his element, there. but, like, he's also one of the smartest people ever. You think he could, like, pick up some things pretty quick. But it's definitely a very, like, um, fish-out-of-water movie, except for, you know, Janet, because she was there for 30 years. And sometimes I... Like, there's some things in this movie, like, some characters will make jokes about, like, how many holes do you have? Because they look like humans, but then, like, half the characters there are humans. They're not called that, because they're from the quantum realm, but it's just like, do we need that joke? Like, I get that, like, I understand that these movies are baseline, like, kids' films, but there's sometimes I'm like, do we, do we need that, like, yeah, <laughs> like, do we need a and I think... slimy creature talking about how many holes Paul Rudd has? Yeah, not just to go, I guess, just full send on negatives, but, like, that was kind of my opinion on MODOK as a whole in this movie. I think this, like, MODOK isn't really somebody in the MCU live action that you can, it's hard to use him, first because of CGI, but also, like, if you want a true MODOK, he's just gonna look fake, because, like, I don't know if you know yeah. anything, but, like, his face is all, like, he's supposed to be ugly. Yeah. I was talking to my one friend about this, uh, I think he's ugly in this movie in the sense that it's just a big stretched out human face. Yeah. I just, I mean, like, I, sometimes, I believe that sometimes the best decision you can make is the ones you don't make. And I think Modoc kind of could have just not been in this movie. And I don't think it really would have missed out on anything because, like, I don't know. I just I felt like it was just comic relief again, and he just he wasn't that all appealing to me. Yeah, like I'd, I said, I think you could take him out and you don't miss anything. He doesn't really. We'll get into spoilers, but like overall, his role in the movie, you could just give it to Kang. Mm -hmm. You know, like his role in the movie is not that important. I'm pretty sure it's just to wrap up that. They probably had bigger plans for Yellow Jacket way back when, because he, like, shrunk down, and then you don't, like, see him die, and then he doesn't die. But, like, mm. I think they just, you know, we're just tying up a loose end, so people stop asking. Maybe, yeah. But I don't think this movie was all negative, because this movie did have a massive positive. Massive. Kang. And to me, that was Kang. Yeah, Kang for was sure. absolutely amazing. Flawless. Like, I, I couldn't have wanted more. Kang is definitely... Jonathan Majors was the right pick for Kang. And actually, he... Mm -hmm. The director for this movie was the one that casted him. Because, like, this was going to be, like, his first appearance. And then Loki got, like, moved around. But, yeah. He... The director for this movie did a great job picking Kang. And now he's going to be in... Uh, so many more movies. I'm pretty sure I heard that he'll be in like Shang-Chi 2. And then uh, mm -hmm. obviously Kang Dynasty, Loki Season 2. I think it's going to be, he's going to be a lot of fun. And he was definitely the highlight of this movie. And also like Paul Rudd, he never really uh, fails. He's always enjoyable to watch. Even if he's given some like less than quality lines, he always delivers mm -hmm. them in a fun way. And that's true. He's always, he, him. He's always been the highlight of the movies, but this one, Kang, kind of stole the show, if I'm going to be real. Yeah. I, uh... 
Yeah, and I just think that Jonathan Majors, I mean, I guess it's only two roles, but, like, if you saw him at the end of Loki and how he is now, like, that's, like, I wouldn't say two completely different characters, but it's definitely two different characters, and he's able to play both so well. So it's nice to see that he can also play all these different personalities. You know what I mean? In this movie, you can see shades of he who remains in him, like, whenever he's more calm, but, like, where... He Who Remains is probably, like, done with everything because he's seen it all and he just doesn't care to get angry. He knows how everything goes. Like, he's, like, teleporting around. He's like, ah, I knew you were going to do that. This one, you know, he doesn't know that. So, like, if people do something that he doesn't like, he gets mad and he gets very angry very fast as opposed to uh, He Who Remains. Yeah, for sure. Well, he doesn't know everything that's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's honestly, like... Without going into spoilers, that's all you really got to know is if you're, like, really wanting to keep see Kang, this movie's worth it for that. He's in it quite mm-hmm. a bit, and every time he's in it, luckily, they tone down the jokes. Like, they take Kang very seriously in the same way that I think they took Thanos very seriously. Is like, this is the big bad. So, you know, it isn't like a joke around, like, everybody did with like gore and like love and thunder you know like stuff like that like it's like it's a serious situation and they treat it as such yeah like i think kang says in total only one joke if you even want to consider it a joke in the entire movie and he's like i won't spoil it i guess but he's talking to ant-man and he's just pretty much talking about like how well, i don't want i don't want to spoil anything but like basically it's not even really a joke but it is kind of like badass at the same time that like he would think this way you know what i'm talking about right brighton probably without saying it you know explicitly i think i do know what you're talking about but we'll save it for spoilers um is there anything else you wanted to say pre-spoiler just kind of like there was just like some neutral stuff to me and that was really just ant-man and cassie like don't get me wrong, Ant-Man still had his, like, fun, you know, <clears throat> stuff that he usually says, like you said, with Paul Rudd. Like, he can be given, like, a very, like, bad script and still make it pretty fun. But, like, the whole, like, purpose for him in this movie, like, I understood what he was supposed to go through, but I don't feel like it was pushed hard enough, and I didn't really get to see him go through that growth. And then Cassie's kind of the same way, like... Her whole thing is she wants to help people. Well, that's the definition of any superhero ever. Like, every hero and that wants was to help of... people. <laughs> yeah, and, like, she had some cool moments. But, like, it just... It wasn't as good as what I was, I guess, hoping for. And to me, it kind of just led to kind of, like, a average also, thing for me. The like, way... it wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. The way they recasted Cassie without even telling the actress from Endgame, she found out on social media that she got recast. That that that's a that sucks. <laughs> that's just a dick move, and I don't know yeah, why they recasted. I... Yeah, that is that is not being an A one Epic gamer. I'll tell you right now. Thought Kevin Feige might be a little bit nicer than that, but maybe they just forgot they had Cassie in Endgame. <laughs> like, oh shit, we gotta cast Maybe. Cassie. I mean, she is only in two scenes, but still. Yeah, it's just very odd that, like, 
Like, I get, like, they just needed her to show that, like, for Paul Rudd, you know, or Ant-Man, that five years passed. But, like, I bet if, she, if, if I was her and I got cast in a Marvel movie, you know, you'd think that this is, like, a, oh, I'm going to be brought back for so many movies and you have so many, like, gigs kind of just, like, lined up now since you're in a Marvel movie and then they just recast her <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Uh, so, Brighton, what would you say your overall thoughts are? I liked it. I didn't love it. It's kind of just... It's not an amazing movie, but it's not a terrible movie either. It's just kind of, like, there. You know, like, I'll probably watch it mm -hmm. one more time whenever it comes to Disney+, Plus. but I, this is not a Marvel movie that I really see myself, like, itching to go rewatch, like, Winter Soldier, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like, I'll probably only rewatch it ever if I'm, like, doing, like, a full MCU watch again yeah what about you uh, i would say kind of like what you said the movie was very okay you know not to just you know pull out the name of our show but you know it was kind of mid i shouldn't say it was mid it was a little bit better than mid. kang like, definitely... kang wasn't he he I, is great <laughs> i definitely enjoyed watching the movie as a whole but one thing I will say to like anybody who's listening and just is debating if they want to see it in theaters or not, I would just say, if you're a diehard Marvel fan and just need to see Kang, I think it's for sure worth it. But if you're just like a casual Marvel fan, just kind of want to know if the movie's good or not, I would just wait for it to come on Disney Plus, because it's not a movie that you need to just drop everything to go see. There's also surprisingly not too many spoilers i guess that would just ruin the movie for you because that's also true like i can't really like there is some things that like i don't want to get spoiled but like if you did just get the movie spoiled to you it doesn't it i don't think it would really change either your opinion of the movie or your enjoyment of the movie no because it's kind of just a lot of setup for kang and and at least in my experience, what I expected to kind of happen, happened. Yeah. So, like, if someone would have just one line spoiled the ending of the movie, I'd been like, oh, well, oh, I figured that yeah. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we'll uh, move on to spoilers now. Okay. So, I guess for me in these spoilers, I want to talk, like, a lot of theory, I guess, and what we think is going to happen in the future. I also have pulled up the writer talking about the alternate ending, which is oh, exactly yeah, sure what yeah. I thought the movie would end with, but uh, it didn't. So we'll get talk into about that. that for sure because I have not. Okay, read so that at all. um, I think the movie mostly follows along the same path, but when you get to the end and Scott is fighting Kang, and Hope comes in to save him, Kang gets out, they get stuck. That's the original ending. And it's mm -hmm. kind of left with like, it's like a cliffhanger because you don't really know what Kang's going to do because he's like stuck in modern times. Like he probably, he wouldn't immediately start causing trouble just because he's in modern day and he would have to like get his, build up his technology mm -hmm. with whatever's available. But like they were, Hope and Scott were going to get stuck there and then uh, Kang was going to get out. But I think they didn't want to end this movie with Scott getting stuck in the quantum realm again, because end of the first Ant-Man, he almost gets stuck there, but he grows big. He like mm -hmm. figures out Ant-Man two. He gets stuck there. Five years passes. I don't think they wanted to end Ant-Man three with, he gets stuck there again, but this time with hope. 
Yeah, that's fair. And then also in that like probability thing, like Hope was going to see like her life without Scott, I think, or something. And there was like shots. They shot it and like Hope had like long hair and like kids and stuff. And she like looked happier, I guess. But I just I think most of Hope's storyline in this movie got cut because she she's kind of just there to like ask her mom questions about the quantum realm yeah which kind of sucks because i i mean i thought hope's character was really good like in the first movie it was all about her not really completely trusting her dad because they were super disconnected and also her dad like not telling her a lot of shit and then gosh it's been a while since i watched uh ant-man the wasp i think her whole story was trying to get her mom back yeah that's that's all ant-man the wasp is and then her and you know hank are pissed at scott for helping captain america in the civil war Mm -hmm. and like that to me led to some pretty cool hope scenes and it just i don't know she just she was i feel like the only reason she was there was because she was in the past too yeah also what the fuck no luis in this movie could you imagine if he just, like, was there and just got sucked in to the Quantum Realm? I would have liked a little bit of Luis at the beginning. Not in the Quantum Realm, obviously. He has no place there. But, like, just a little bit at the beginning or something. Like, they even got Jimmy Woo. Know. Like, they had yeah. him, but not Luis. Like, like, Which was a nice. I like I liked yeah. that he sat down. <laughs> he did the card trick. Yeah, the... he did the card trick with yeah. the credit card. Um. Yeah, I told, like. All the side characters, like the mom and the de- or the mom and the stepdad, the friends, they're not in this movie. I mean, it's purely the the ant family, and the reason I would have preferred somebody else to go into is because all five of the people that go into the quantum realm, their powers are they just shrink. <laughs> it's mm. all like they're all ant men, yeah. except some have wings. Yeah, that's true. Also, I, uh... why doesn't Scott get the wings in the blasters? Like, is there some, like, exclusivity to that? Like, I'm pretty sure that's just, like, it's just, like, hindering you. I I don't know. Like, that confused me from, like, the second movie, where it was, uh, like, wait, so she has wings? Yeah, he's like, do I have wings? No, and it's like, why? Is it because ants don't have wings and that doesn't fit the concept of Ant-Man? If that's the case, ants also don't grow giant like i get it within the sense of the universe like you want each year to be unique or else tony would just give all the avengers iron man suits on top of their powers but like <clears throat> avengers video game yeah for real um but <laughs> like it just i like i get you have to be unique but sometimes like i don't even think they lampshaded it like that's where you like you know like you just like say something and it at least addresses it for the audience so that way they stop questioning it but they've never done that about like at least that i remember about Scott not having the wings other than that one time where he's like, you always had those? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, but then they don't ever provide a, a reason that mm-hmm. Scott shouldn't have them <laughs> unless he just doesn't like I, them. Uh, one thing, and this was an idea I had. I watched it actually a second time with a few of my uh, friends here in college. And uh, one thing that I thought about, because the whole plot for Ant-Man is like, since he's been done helping the Avengers, he doesn't really, he kind of turns the other cheek to like society's problems and isn't really going out of his way to help. And Cassie really wants to do that. And because of that, she wants to get her dad back into it. 
I think what would have been more interesting, because they don't really expand on that, because, like, every single time Ant-Man does help the people of the Quantum Realm, it's always to pretty much save Cassie, in my opinion. Yeah, he never truly uh, helps the people of the Quantum Realm. It is definitely always to save Cassie and also like, get I back at Kang. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have really enjoyed, and maybe this is just me, I thought it would be cool to where maybe whenever they get the uh, giant ball after the probability storm and like shrink it down and that's kind of like their ticket home in a way. I think it would be cool if they could have like escaped after that or something to where Kang couldn't find them and they had the opportunity to leave and then like Cassie and Scott have this like really cool conversation and moment where Cassie's just like, there's people suffering here. We can't just let these people, you know, suffer under this guy's rule. Like, this dude's an awful person. We need to do something about it. And then I think that more so would hit home what we're trying to do. Plus, it would make Cassie a way more interesting character because it shows how she's willing to stick her ground when it comes to uh, something she's really passionate about, which I think would have helped further her character. Yeah, I think this is me from what I gathered from the trailers. I don't know if I accidentally gathered this, but I think the movie was marketed much cooler than it was because in the trailers, he was like, like they ended up being lines he gave to Janet, but Kang was like, I can give you more time. And it made it seem like Scott was going to help him willingly on the fact that he could go back the five years and have, and he wouldn't lose, you know, like he wouldn't get stuck. That would have been cool. Because then it would have been like, there's this hero legitimately helping the main villain for this saga willingly. And it would have been really cool for like a selfish reason. And obviously like later he realizes not to. Because like it kind of seems like they set it up because like he was offering the same promises to Janet. And it would have been cool Mm -hmm. if he offered the same promises to Scott and like saw the difference as like, Scott knows he's bad, but he helps him. Janet knew he was, like, once she figured out he was bad, she stopped it. Which, she saw what he did, but, like, that's, I think the movie was marketed in that way. Because they even, like, showed a clip of, like, whenever he, like, goes to her birthday party. And the first one, he runs at her, he's like, I can give you more time. And then, like, little Cassie hugs him. And I'm like, oh, so, like, Scott's gonna willingly help Kang steal whatever he needs to steal. And then, obviously, later, like, turn his back on him. But, like, I thought that would have been really cool. That would have been a really cool one. Like, anything that humanizes the villain, I think, is always huge. And now... You know, to where he's not just stereotypical bad guy. And Kang, we got that. And, like, one thing, I guess... I mean, it's kind of late to say this now. For sure, watch Loki before watching this movie. Because you kind of get to fill in the holes of why Kang is being such an awful person and it kind of makes you think twice it's like you know is he really being an awful person or like i mean he knows what is to come like is he a necessary evil you know Mm -hmm. like i mean to that extent it's more of a in my opinion he's more understandable than thanos because like don't like people always say thanos i mean like why don't you just double the population or not double the population double the resources you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas Kang, like, there is, I, I mean, personally, I don't see 
another way to solve this issue. I mean, obviously through the MCU, we're going to find this the other solution, but... I think the only way, because he was destroying whole timelines, but I think instead of destroying whole timelines, you should just kill the timelines king instead of killing the timelines. But yeah. he also might, Kang might also be a being that like, you can't, you have to wipe, you have to get the timeline down to a, which you kind of have to, because if you get the timeline down to a single thing, there's no branches and that allows other Kangs to exist. So I guess I get it that he has to close the timelines down so no more Kangs can exist. Because if the timeline would branch more, then it would just lead to a new Kang, and he'd constantly he'd be killing Kangs for eternity. But I think if he got it down to like the one prime universe, which he does in Loki, then it doesn't lead to Kang. So I I take what it back what I said. Killing Kangs probably doesn't help. You have to you have to get it down to the one timeline. But in that regard, you are killing, you know. Mm-hmm. trillions of people we at will, a time we will find out more according to the end credit scenes pretty much in loki season two loki season and two King looks Dynasty. is gonna be cool i'm i think I so. so far for like the stuff that is coming out in the near future loki is 100 percent my most hyped other than guardians like i'm not too hyped for the marvels i'm just not a big captain marvel guy i'm more excited to see miss mm-hmm. marvel and photon again but it's fair. I'm just, but like Loki, I'm pretty sure it's coming out in summer. I don't think they've said exactly, but that's going to be really good. I hope so. It looks good. All right. So is there, I guess, anything else you wanted to add or do you want to move on to Hogwarts? Um, I think I'm just going to move on to Hogwarts. I, like I said, I liked it. There was some things that would have changed. Uh, I probably would have probably gone a different way with the plot. Personally, like I said, yeah. I would have stuck if, if what they were originally trying to do was go with the um, Scott was going to willingly help him. Uh, that would have been cool because I also think that adds more depth to Kang because honestly, there was like some times I believe Kang was actually going to take Janet back to her universe because like he could have just left instead of talking to her because he already had the core in his ship, you know, but he stayed. Mm-hmm. So like. But then if they would have gotten the Scott thing, I think it would have just been, like, the promise he probably, he probably like, uses his time-traveling thing as a leverage all the time. But, like, we only ever saw it once in the movie, and he actually seemed kind of genuine to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Kang is, I mean, he'll probably end up being my new favorite villain. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's all said and done. I hope so, at least. Thanos is hard to beat, so. but... You can, you can, as long as you, I think the good thing about this is like Kang's already gotten a full movie and a TV show to him. So it's going to be really cool seeing him in the future. All right. So on to Hogwarts. Yep. Uh, non-spoilers first as always, and then we'll jump into spoilers afterwards. So, uh, so what I kind of like to do is talk about what we thought going in, which we had a lot of time to oh, think about what this game was going to be. The many, the in. many delays. When did it get announced? When did it? I'm googling when the it PS, got announced. When it was at the PS5 reveal show, right? Get announced. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because we were both watching that together. Yeah. September of 2020. Yeah. The release was February what, like seventh? If you got the deluxe edition. Yes, and then the tenth if you didn't. Of 2023. That is. 
two and a half years. Here, you, yeah, I you keep talking. I'm gonna look up. Deal. I'm gonna look up all the delays that it had. Because like I, I guess on paper that doesn't sound so bad, but it was supposed to be released spring 2021. I'm pretty sure it was the first okay. release date. Here's what Screen Rant says. Um, let me scroll down and find it. So it was supposed to come out in later 2021, like holiday 21. Can you imagine okay. that? But still, that's like a year and a half ago. How, like, mm-hmm. that's... And everything has just been delayed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the uh, the Switch PS4 version and Xbox uh, One versions are still not out. They're not coming out for another month or two. And also, how are they going to get this game on the Switch? <laughs> Let's say, yeah, we're going to talk about that for sure later. But, like, that game on PS4, Xbox One, Switch especially... That sounds like a nightmare to play. So like, like, not that this game is bad. I really enjoy this game. It's just that like with loading times and the graphical features that this game has, I don't know how it's going to be downscaled for those consoles. So especially when you're in Hogwarts, so you run up to a door, and this is on like PS5 and Xbox Series X. You like, you'll sit there, and there'll be an icon on the door, and it spins. And sometimes it can take like a few seconds, but like mm-hmm. PS5s have the SSD. PS4, like, they can load a whole game in a few seconds. PS4 is, like, I think the Miles Morales, like, thing. Like, Miles Morales on PS5, you can get into the game from your PlayStation, like, boot up within, like, 15 seconds. It's, like, three minutes on PS4. So, can you imagine just trying to walk out a door on PS4? PS4s are going to explode, dude. I think... Here's here's what I think is going to happen. I think... This is just me throwing out there. I think that Hogwarts on like these other versions will be it's a like you can't just leave Hogwarts and then fly to Hogsmeade. I think you're gonna have to like if you want to go to Hogwarts, you're gonna have to like load into a different instance and then you're gonna be in Hogwarts because I think the big part that I can't see is just you have this huge open world, but then you also have a basically mini open world inside of that whenever you get to Hogwarts because Hogwarts is like mm-hmm. a world in itself in this game. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see when that comes out. Like biggest pro of this game was the exploring Hogwarts. Like if you're a Harry Potter fan, this has so many references to the books and movies and so much like accuracy to it that it is definitely a uh, like it's pretty crazy even for me like i've only read the books like one time but i was even noticing some stuff that's how in depth they got yeah because like i mean obviously before the game came out like i'm super hyped because i'm a huge harry potter fan oh i have been since i read the books when i was like 12 and the main thing i wanted them to hit home was pretty much the setting if the setting is nailed that's what matters to me and they knocked it out of the park. Like, whenever I uh, played it February 10th or 7th, because I got the uh, deluxe edition, I spent, like, the entirety of my time, my first play session, just running around Hogwarts. And it just it, it, it just felt awesome. Like, so many small details were put in. Like, something... That wasn't in the movies, it was in the books, like the divination classroom. 
in the movies, I mean, perhaps it's there, but you don't get to see it. But in the books, divination is supposed to like be in this like almost attic to where like a trap door comes down and a ladder uh, drops. And that's how it is in this game. And I was like, I didn't think that they would add something like that or the whole like tickle the pear to get into the uh, to get into the kitchen. That was in the game, which was cool. Uh, gosh, Sir, Ka- Sir Cadigan, if that's his name, like just this random ass portrait that appeared in pretty much I think he may have been in the seventh book but he was barely in Prisoner of Azkaban the movie and barely in the book and he's in the game so just like all these small details like uh, the history professor professor Benz being a ghost like he's not in the movies but like they included him and you can actually go to history class in this one and it's rather boring as it would be exactly that's how it is in the books where like he is so ungodly boring that like everyone is struggling to stay awake. And I mean, if you play the game and get the side mission, you'll see all the odes, but like it's oh, it's so good. I don't know if you've been if you've seen them, but like there's these dudes I follow on TikTok. They literally just take like the audiobook segments of like them describing the castle and they'll go in the game and like walk through like what they're describing. And I mean it's like it is pinpoint pretty much like everything that they you know got in the game it's so accurate to the source material and um to just kind of more hit home on the setting of hogwarts and just like the world in general like the common rooms it says something when gryffindor was the last common room i wanted to be in because like that's the one we see in the movies all the time and don't get me wrong they nailed the Gryffindor common room, but like the amount of detail that went into like Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin is just insane. Cause like, I mean, obviously we could see the Slytherin common room a little bit in the movies, but everything else is pretty much from scratch. Like there's a little bit of the Ravenclaw common room in the books, not a lot though, and they absolutely like nailed those. In and, my opinion. Yeah, and even though it's, like, their own made thing, it fits perfectly with the world. Like, it really just feels like that's what's in, like, the books and the movies. And they definitely really got it. And uh, the world surrounding, like, Hogsmeade is perfect. Like, they have, I mean, it's pretty much Hogsmeade, as you'd expect. They have every shop that you can think of. It looks exactly the way it does in the movies. Um... And then the surrounding area is just full of life. Like, there's constantly, like, small little, like, people walking around, like, NPCs. There's small little shops that you can find randomly. Uh, There's constantly, like, bad guys you can run into, magical beasts everywhere. It's just, they really immerse you in the Harry Potter world. What I really liked is I was... It was full daytime, and I was flying over the Forbidden Forest on my broom, and then, like, you go down through the thick trees, and it's it's still basically nighttime in there because how, like, thick and dense. Like, it feels like its own little world inside the Forbidden Forest, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Like, it, everything in this movie, I think, just captured or everything in this game. This movie. Everything in this game, setting-wise, I think really captured the ambience of the movies and books, and it had that same, like, cozy feeling playing it that watching and reading yeah. them do. And I think that was probably the, the most important thing to get. 
Spe- specifically the first four movies, because those are like the f- ones that you know give that cozy and warm, magical feeling. Yeah, they have like the levity yeah, really of like school. Like you know, like it's most of their problems are just school things until the end of the fourth one, obviously. But like it's the end of the fourth one, so like yeah. a lot of it does have that. I prefer the first four just because I like seeing them going to class and all that stuff. Like I love those parts of the movies the most. And to me, not only is the setting really good, but I thought overall the gameplay of Hogwarts was also really smooth. Gameplay really came out of nowhere for me because I think watching it, it looks a little bland. But like when you're playing it and you're it's because the reason it looks bland is because you don't get that feeling of like switching between the spells like watching it because you don't obviously see that. So it just kind of looks like he's casting spells, but like the way you can like set up your spells and the overall gameplay, it's honestly, it's very similar to Arkham gameplay. You know, you block, Mm -hmm. you block, if there's a yellow thing above your head, you dodge it. There's a red thing. And I think it works really well for this. And it does have some few, um, I was playing on the hardest difficulty and I still didn't really find the game all that difficult. I really wish they would have, uh, Maybe just had one more difficulty setting. Because this is personally for me. I like get into the immersion of games. And I was like, oh, I'm a student. Like, I don't think I should be, you know, easily dispatching these dark wizards. But even on the hardest Mm. difficulty, I did. Which, that's probably the only con with the gameplay I had was just the overall difficulty. I just found it a little too easy. Yeah, for sure. Like, I never found myself struggling in any aspect of this game. It, uh, it's just, like, the first, like, pretty, almost every enemy, aside from the animals, which I think the animals, honestly, give the best combat experience, like, as far as, like, different, as far as getting a different enemy style, I think the, uh, animals do the best job, but, like, as far as, like, your wizards that you're fighting, everyone's pretty much the same, um, you fight a lot of trolls and by the time you get to the end of the game trolls are like nothing and just everybody everybody's kind of the same that you fight aside from animals which i wasn't a fan of i kind of wish there was a little bit more diversity another thing i wish there was was legitimate duels yeah there's, there's not a, a single there's duel one in this game, which one duel and it's on your first day that's it. And I st- and it's a tutorial pretty much. It's not even like a legit duel. But they have like the system there like they're on a dueling table you can like push them back off the table. Like the system's there but they use it for the one thing. I'm like this would have made for like a repeatable like imagine like a repeatable side quest where you just kind of like it picks like a mm-hmm. random student and you just duel them. Like that would have been cool. They're uh like I-, I was telling you earlier. Like imagine take Jedi Fallen Order. Like, imagine that game and there being no lightsaber duels. Yeah. That already, to me, would take away a neg- like take away a lot from the game just before I even played it. And there are... And that's kind of what happens here in Hogwarts, where it's just like, you know, it's fine without it, but it would be so nice if we would have got more. And there are boss fights with, like, the main, like, some main dark wizards, but, like, they're not one-on-ones. They have, like, henchmen that are there to add the difficulty like the boss isn't difficult 
unto himself is difficult because or not even necessarily difficult because I never I there wasn't a boss fight in this game that I ever had to like do twice but like you'll mm-hmm. you'll dispatch his crew and then damage him until it's time and then you'll do like a clash from the movies where they like you know lock the the lasers mm-hmm. basically and then you just spam a button and you win so I never I didn't find like the main this game I think over gameplay wise its biggest downfall was difficulty and also like there's no standout boss fights in this game for me at all i cannot think of a single one i thought the last boss fight was cool i know you didn't like it and i understand why you didn't like it i'll get into spoilers why i didn't like it but i just thought it was a rather like like i was i think i was just expecting something that to me would have been a lot cooler because it seemed like they were setting it up in the literal minute before that and they went a completely different way and the last boss fight it's basically just you dodge something until you see a color and then you use whatever spell has that color and i just i wasn't a fan mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like i was so, fighting the boss <laughs> yeah i kind of understand that but the one thing i really liked about it was i thought it looked visually cool and on top of that i mean I, if you wanted to say I struggled with anything in this game, that would be the one that I guess you could say I would have. I mean, I didn't fight him twice. I still beat him without dying. But uh, I don't know. It's just it was a boss fight that you kind of had to fight differently than what than a lot of the enemies you had before. Which, like I said, the game kind of struggles in. So it was nice to see that they hit that part home. But also, in the final fight. A lot of the bosses earlier, there are these like you'll go in these dungeons for the story, and there will be these big sentinels. They also kind of just do the make a ball of color, and then you shoot that's it, and little, they're stunned. That's, that's and also true. That's, that's also true. It's just the same. Like for me, I was disappointed because it's just that boss, but reskinned, basically. Mm-hmm. And. Uh... Uh, if we want to kind of start diving into a little bit more of the negatives, story, and I'll even throw in like decisions and decision making in this game also is kind of a downgrade as well, because, I mean, we both agree the story is very lackluster. Your decisions don't mean shit, basically. Yeah. You're gonna like, do what the game wants you to do. <clears throat> So many times in the game, like, I'll just throw out a generic example, like, not saying this exact conversation happens, but, like, say you're just, like, given, like, hey, we should go do this dark magic stuff. Your character is usually given, like, two lines. It's like, dude, yes, we should do this, or no, we shouldn't do this. And if you say, yes, we do this, then obviously you go do it. But if you say no... I don't want to do this, then the other character can be like, but we need to if we want to get this. And then your character, without your option, is just like, oh, you're right, so let's go do it. So it's like you don't really have that option, and your character also doesn't change because of it. Yeah, the character, and this is <clears throat> this is a problem in most games where they let you create your character, and you're not really playing a character, is your character doesn't really ever go through like a story. Because like, there's supposed to be an insert for you. But it mostly just feels like the story of this game is just unlocking more skills and then you'll do like a puzzle and then you'll, mm-hmm. you know, do some more skills and then a puzzle and then you do that four times and you fight the final boss. 
that's about the like that's about the story of the game. Pretty much. Like I will I will hand it to him. There are aspects of the story that is really cool. Like Sebastian and Ominous. Those two, their story has a lot of cool moments. They definitely had But the... they're not fleshed out. They're like they're a side quest essentially. It's a side story. They had the best story whenever like but I don't even like they're pretty much the only quest line in the game that like stuck out to me. Like there's like you have these Same. relationship quest lines with like there's like three students that you kind of can be and friends Sebastian's with. Sebastian's one of them. Yeah. yeah, he has like not that the other ones are bad, but his is about the only one I cared for. Like I didn't really give a shit. Like I did them, you know, because I I tried to do like every side quest at least that I can bear. In most games, like this one, by the end of it, I was getting a little tired because if you're not doing the relationship side quests, most of the other side quests are just like, hey, can you go there and do this one thing for me? And you, you either go kill an enemy or you go collect on an enemy and come back. Mm -hmm. Like the, which I get, but like, there's like 60 of those side quests. And like, I'm not a big fan of the like fetch quest. Fetch quests. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then there's another cool side quest where you can own a shop, but it's only on PlayStation. So, but even that side quest, I thought ran a little too long. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole like. At first, I was like, "This is cool." I, uh, I didn't expect this. But then the whole puzzle process—it's not like by the first five minutes you're in the side quest, you know what the puzzle is. So after that, it's kind of like just wasting your time, in my opinion. It's, it's just, just monotonous. Like, yeah, do all this stuff and then ah uh, the boss fight at first i was like this is so generic like it's just a reskin troll and then i mean i don't think this is a big spoiler well i, I actually i just won't say it but then in the third stage of the boss fight they do something to the gameplay that i was like oh my gosh this is awesome like this makes the whole boss fight like a lot better it's unique now but then once you get halfway through the last phase that like it that turns off yeah and you go back to just regular gameplay and i was like dude that's dumb it was like really cool at first and then they kind of just like went back on it pretty much immediately and uh like i personally think it would be cool if the entire boss fight was like that or at least that like, would have added some uniqueness. a degree of that like flipping the camera upside down or like on the side or like it constantly is changing your you know mm -hmm. your rotation like i think that would have been cool but yeah like overall i'll just say i i loved it because i'm a harry potter fan i loved the game but if you're not a harry potter fan i can't see much in this besides like the fun gameplay to like really warrant buying it Plus, you don't get to play Quidditch. Yeah. Also, the reason they provide for not playing Quidditch to me was just dumb. But oh well. I wish they just wouldn't have. They shouldn't I have wish mentioned they just it. Wouldn't have yeah. said it. Like that was like there was going to be zero, zero, like excuse to me for why there's not Quidditch in this game. Like, is it an essential part of the Harry Potter world? No. But it's so iconic. But. And they got, like, exactly. whenever I say they got, like, they got these minuscule things in gameplay that, like, like you can have, you can capture beasts like Newt. Like, they got that side of the Harry Potter thing, but you can't play Quidditch. That's something I, 
yeah, that's something I didn't think I would enjoy so much is collecting the animals, but I really thought that was fun. But then he got Quidditch. Like, all the tools are there. The broom travel in the game is awesome. It's super smooth. And the Quidditch pitch is there. They even got the I, little, I, like, like I told I told our friend Hunter, like, they literally could have just had the game going on in the background and you're just a seeker looking for the golden snitch, and I would have been totally okay with that. Like, would I like to play yeah. some of the other, you know, positions? Yeah, but, like, if you just do the seeker where you just fly around on the broom while the game goes on and then you catch the snitch within a certain amount of time and you win the game, that would have been fine for me because, like, they have all of the, uh, like, they got, like, the little rafters that, like, Harry and Malfoy, like, fly through in chamber. They even got that. You can fly mm-hmm. through that like they do. I thought that would have been cool. Me and Brighton have a theory. And that theory is one of two things is going to happen. They're either A, going to come out with a DLC that you have to pay for to get Quidditch. Or they're just going to make their own, like, Quidditch game. I definitely could see them doing, like, because, like, look at Rocket League. Rocket League is so popular ever since it went free to play, and obviously like Harry Potter would just sell just because it's Harry Potter. But I think what they'll do is they'll make it free to play, and then put like Battle Pass in there and microtransactions, and it'll basically be like a Rocket, like a Harry Potter Rocket League. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it now. Write it down. This is what's gonna happen. Yeah. They want like because I feel like you know if you put it in a single player game, then why would anybody play the multiplayer one where you gotta you know get like you know yeah so like. I I, and I before, can see it happening. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And before I get my final thoughts, there's just one thing I wanted to also say, I guess towards the negatives, is they're, they're not huge, and this isn't a giant negative, it's just there are glitches in this game, and they are bothersome. And I think that's to the extent of it. Like, none of it's going to drastically affect your gameplay. Really, none of them affect your gameplay. But, like, there's small things to where, like, you know, there's just, like, obviously the visual effects of, like, sometimes you'll randomly have a character T-posing in the background. Mm -hmm. Or there'll be a character, like, floating in midair. Like, I've had a couple of those, which don't really bother me so bad. But the main ones are the completionist glitches. Like, I platinum the game already. And one of the things you have to do to platinum the game is you have to collect... You have to complete all collections. Well, to do that, it makes it seem like you have to get all field guide pages. Well, in order to get some field guide pages, there's these things, I call them like butterflies, that you have to like guide to certain locations. And then there's also like flying field pages that you have to like use Accio to get. Some of those just don't fucking spawn. Yeah. And that terrified me. I was going for the plot. And then this game has the, it's not at, to an extent, but they they just do something I wish games would just not do. They take the Ubisoft open world formula where it's, you make like six things that go in the world and then you multiply that by like a hundred. And that basically yeah. once you're done with the game and you want to play the game a bit more, you're just going to be doing the six same things in a different part of the map, but they don't feel different. Whereas, like, it's probably games I'm used to playing, so, like, it's my fault. I don't know if I would say it's my fault. It's just what I prefer. Like, I play Skyrim. You know, there isn't, like, there's so much density in the world, but it's not just 
the same puzzle like it's a cave that you go in and it could you could be in there for like two hours and it's awesome or like witcher three like you go into a town and they're having a monster problem so you you know you like track down the monster you figure out what you piece together what kind of monster it is you brew a potion to like that is like makes either you stronger against the monster you can figure out its weaknesses like and there's not like the there's not the let's fill the world with a thousand of the same thing and mm-hmm. the main game before you get to that point that's why i didn't go for the platinum is because i'm just not a fan of those collectible things i just like i was sitting there i'm like this is probably gonna take me another like seven hours i could play like a whole a whole ass game in that yeah so like it's just how i prefer to play games like some people like those collectathons which is why yeah i think gamer gaming companies still do it i prefer to rather fill the world with like something else like even if it was less content wise like less hours I would take that over just more hours of collecting like uh like go to these trials and you do a puzzle but like once yeah. you once you do one of the four variations of the puzzle they're all the same yeah it's, it's just, just finding the, the tools yeah. that you need and which is annoying usually you don't get the like my favorite one is you have to like flip these cubes just because they actually like you just like i don't know and there's these other ones where no, you gotta well, get some butterflies. See, at first I thought that was a puzzle, but then you figure out the the strat, and then it's not even a puzzle anymore. It's just flip to the one side of the cube to where like the picture's right. Then you just, just go to the yeah, one side and just keep spamming like, until it's flipped it, yeah, the right until, way. And then it'll get everything the right way. Yeah, but I like that one. I like those. Like I don't. I I like them because I basically put in minimal effort. I don't have to like go around and look for these butterflies yeah, exactly. to get light and then carry them all the way over. And then, like, there's the ones where you push a ball, and sometimes the ball can be, like, a mile away. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but yeah. None of these, like, glitches keep you from doing any of those completionist things required for the Platinum. But if you look at, like, your checklist that you have at the top right, you'll notice maybe in Hogsmeade you have only 54 out of 55 field guide pages. Hogwarts, maybe you have, I think there's like 150, maybe you have 148 out of 150. You know what I mean? So, like, there's nothing in this game that's going to keep you from doing all those fetch quests, completionist, platinum, well, all the challenges you have to do for the platinum. It's just, it's going to scare you. It scared me. Yeah. For sure. But, yeah, overall, I did love the game. I would say, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you should definitely get it. But if not, you would probably pass. Mm-hmm. If the game looks interesting to you enough, you could probably wait for a sale. But yeah, that's basically what I thought without getting into spoilers. I completely agree. Uh, if you are a diehard Harry Potter fan or just even if even I would say a casual fan of Harry Potter and just are interested in the world, I think this is definitely a game you should check out because all the game all the moments of the game you want it to hit home it hits home well yeah like i'm but a casual you... harry potter fan like i i read the books like once a few years ago i barely remember anything about them but like i watch the movies every now and then and but i like mm-hmm. the world enough and i found that to be the best part of the game and i think if you're if you're any um anywhere on the scale of a harry potter fan you'll enjoy the game yeah but if you're not a Harry Potter fan, which, I mean, this kind of speaks for itself. I don't imagine many non-Harry Potter fans buying this game. But if you are not a fan of Harry Potter and just aren't interested in the world at all, I would definitely pass. Because this game is 
pretty much fan service the game it is a fan service <laughs> game like outside so of like if exploring it's not for you outside of just walking the world the game can be pretty generic but for yeah. harry potter fans who can see the like where all basically i think all the development time went into you can you can see the love and labor but if you're not a harry potter fan you're gonna see like oh this is like kind of just generic so and it's a huge step up from cars 3 the video game because isn't that the last thing these guys made yeah or like yeah it was and then before that was like disney infinity or whatever that game was where you like put the <laughs> so you know like yeah. they they went a long way but like i'm hoping if they make like a sequel i'm hoping they make the story a little bit better and we get quidditch but uh yes i guess uh, we're gonna move on to spoilers now for a little bit we'll talk about some story more in-depth story things and also i had some problems with like some side quest choices this goes back to the choices like for me that sebastian side quest i wanted to learn all the dark yeah. ass i wanted to learn all the dark art spells but um to do so like i i was trying to be like i want to know the spell but i'm not a bad guy but if you pick yeah knowing like for crucia which is the first one you learn you can you can learn it but still feel like you're learning it just to know it like you don't actually have to like use it but for the other two you kind of just have to be a dick so this is massive spoilers you can skip ahead like 10 seconds if you don't want to if you haven't done like spastian side quest but at the end man kills his uncle and yeah. I didn't necessarily agree with that. And I was like, okay. But then afterwards, he's like, do you want to know it? And I'm like, well, yeah, I want to know it. So then I say, yeah, like, teach me it. But he's like, you were right to kill your uncle. I'm like, no, I just wanted to know the spell. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like there should have been a little bit more, like, gray in there rather than just you're either bad guy or good guy. And it felt very flat. Like, like I'm a big Harry Potter fan, so I kind of get where they're coming from, where in the books and in the movies, unforgivable curses equal Azkaban equal Dark Wizard, right? In general. But, like, we see Harry use in the books and the movies two out of the three unforgivable curses. And it's not like, I mean, whenever he used Crucio in, uh, in Order of the Phoenix, that was bad. Like, that was not his brightest moment. But, like, in the... Uh, in Deathly Hallows, he uses it because he has to. And even in this game, one of the uh, four uh, people in the game, what are they called, that you have to, like, listen to? Uh, I, I forgot their names. Oh, the, the, the Keepers? The, paintings. the Keepers? Keepers, yes. The Keepers, which are, like, the four people you're kind of, like, following the entire game because that's where the story goes. One of the four Keepers has to kill the previous person that they tried to teach this this like ancient power to because she was going off the rails and he used Avada Kedavra. So to me that shows just because you use Unforgivable Curse doesn't automatically mean you're a bad person. I think it's like it's, it's, like, so a, you do with it's it. like a tool set to have if you absolutely need to. Like I like mm -hmm. there's some things in this game. Like and you have ancient magic, you can just it literally explode a dude. And nobody says anything, exactly. but you you use Avada Kedavra, you're a bad guy. But it's like, but that giant spider was coming at me. It was going to kill me. And like, you need to just, you know, you just need to take it out quick. So like, there's some so, like things in this, like, I get it. But like, also like, I feel like there could be a little bit more gray in there. Yeah. And I don't like, 
and this is and a lot of this is Sebastian's side quest because that's where you learn all of your dark art spells. But like and this is where we get hardcore into railroading. Where like you want to learn these but at the same time you don't want to just keep supporting Sebastian because you know what he's doing is wrong. So it's like the first time was okay, you learn Crucio and you're just trying to learn more about it. But then afterwards, you're like, this is the line. We're stopping here. Well, then Sebastian says, oh, well, we need to do this. And then me trying to, you know, be, I guess, a good guy character. I'm like, hey, man, we shouldn't be doing this. But then he's just like, but how else are we supposed to help save my sister? Because that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, oh, well, you're right. So we follow him. And then, like, for Imperio, I requested that I learn it just to learn it, not to do anything. So that, I didn't think that was that bad, but where we cross the line is starting to get into the Abada Kedavra quest, because there's just, you know, more dialogue options, more me telling Sebastian he shouldn't do it, more railroading by making me have to follow Sebastian. And then, finally, like with the Abada Kedavra quest, like, you have two completely different options. You have... And it's not even it's not even to learn Abada Kedavra. The dialogue option is, is it right that I killed my uncle? Well, I said no. And because of that, he like felt bad and then went on with his life, and that was the end of the quest. So to learn Avada Kedavra, you have to just agree that killing his uncle was the right thing to do, which it definitely wasn't. It's like, hey, that was wrong, but like still teach me that. Like I wanted like something like that where I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I still wanted to learn the spell. But you kind of just yeah. have to go full send bad guy to learn the spell it feels and i don't like that i don't either i think there should be avenues to get everything in the game and you can like role play or whatever in whatever like way you're doing like if i was playing slytherin i would agree with sebastian 1000 percent of the way through but i don't exactly just just to do that yeah but yeah like it's it's one of those things in there's a lot of games that do that that like give you like this illusion of choice and then if there is a choice it's very like white or black like there's not a lot of like depth sometimes to choices and that's a lot of the game with the choices they have and that's honestly it's about the only side quest i can think where the choices actually have any kind of weight and actually because ish yeah if you want to say they have weight and the weight is you just get the spell or don't <laughs> yeah then uh I mean, as far as spoiler talk, I mean, like, everybody, the main bad guy is uh, this goblin who I think, if they would have told it the right way, could have been really interesting. Who's called? I don't want to be Ranrock. a slave. Too and, bad. Yeah, that's his whole idea. Like, but instead of them expanding on that, they're just like, I hate wizards. And then he just, that's his thing. And he I has the generic wizards. bad guy, like, grizzled voice, and he has that... Like, there's goblins in the game that look a little nicer, and he has the really mean face, and, like, everything just kind of screams generic about him. And at the end, this is my big problem with the final boss fight, I thought at the end he gets a wand. He gets the white, the professor's wife's wand that, uh, that you've been, the mm -hmm. professor you've been with. I thought we were going to get to fight a goblin using a wand. I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And then he just turns into, like, a big dragon yeah. And I was like, that. And I understand why you'd have problems with that. I, I wanted to like, I wanted I to same fight thing. the bad guy. I didn't want to fight like the avatar of the bad guy, basically. Yeah. 
but i mean and... that's honestly about it for the spoilers because i mean everything else game what yeah, can you spoil not a lot to it. there's not like much the only thing is like the sebastian side quest and then like there's like some other side quests with some other people but like they're not they're not too amazing yeah. no they're really to me the sebastian story told a better story than the fucking main story. oh for sure that should have been the main one honestly i honestly wish we kind of just i sometimes with this game i wish we weren't like the special one you know like we're this one that can see ancient magic and like every teacher likes us like i remember seeing the tiktok and it's like this is like it's a great game but like it's the most fanficy like harry potter yeah. story out there because like every i, mean, I teacher... don't know how else they would do it but i understand what you're talking i kind of just how, wish like, we were just like a you. student and we could be like we weren't like for, like then you kind of just get like caught up in something you know it's kind of wish that's that's kind of how i would change the story i'd maybe like honestly do away with the main story and like imagine like you just you meet sebastian one time in class and you become friends with him and you go down this really like um morality choosing path where it's like you can save his sister but like and like full game about that like there's a lot of like darkness to it but it's like the only way to save his sister you know like mm -hmm. i think that would have made for a way more compelling main story like it's the game that story's there but it's very small given it's a side quest and i think it would have made for a very compelling main story where like the final boss could have either been ominous or sebastian giving uh who you kind of sided with throughout the story it's probably how that's like the only way i probably would have changed the story is maybe make us less of like a, a chosen one and more focus on that part probably just because it was about the only storyline that i was actually like eager to get back to yeah for sure because poppy's side quest wasn't that interesting either was natsai natties or whatever yeah whatever so but yeah but everything else was kind of just fetch quest side quest so but yeah the price of a mission here was the exploring hogwarts and gameplay for sure i mean i the fact i can still say that i love the game and we talk about all the like the disappointments with story-wise but we still love it shows you like how like if you're a harry potter fan this game is still great for that it is still amazing in that regard to explore hogwarts and stuff but uh, there's some parts i probably would have changed yep i completely agree well i think that is pretty much it for this episode unless there's something else you want to add no i think i'm pretty much uh i said all i wanted to say about everything and we have destiny 2 lightfall coming up i am very hyped for that tuesdays when it drops tuesday at noon yep so next we're gonna play yep. some of that next week episode our next episode is gonna be talking about that and hopefully it's good it looks good i have heard only positive things it looks so. like all my dreams are finally coming true about the destiny story so now i'm not gonna sit here and just talk about like how i'm just the biggest destiny fan out there like i played the game and have fun but i know brighton's way way hardcore we may have uh, one destiny, of we may have so. one of our friends who's also really into destiny come on during the whenever we actually talk about lightfall because you're talking about tim yeah yeah because he's more of the pvp side yeah he so. could cover some aspects of the game because it's going to be coming out with a whole new ability set and usually for pvp that means literal like horror movie levels of like ah uh, because basically for probably like two or three weeks pvp is going to be a shit show 
because it's going to be broken as shit. So, because <laughs> in this one, yeah. you can literally like suspend enemies in the air with like like these cosmic spider webs. It's it's going to be very interesting how they how they deal with that. But yeah, we'll get more into that next week whenever we talk about it. We have the full release because it also could come out being the most balanced thing they've ever dropped. But I highly doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt yeah. that. But yeah. Um, All right. Well, as always, this has been that's kind of mid. Um, I'm your co-host Bry with uh, co-host Sam. And if you would see you guys, uh, leave us five star reviews if you enjoyed. It helps. So goodbye. We'll see you.